Shalom, everyone. This is Luke Tanner for Zion Hebraic Congregation. This week's Shabbat message is entitled, Let Us Not Grow Weary in Well-Doing by Warren Tanner. Feel free to check us out on our website, zionhebraiccongregation.com. There you will find podcasts from past Shabbat messages, uh, blog posts, as well as our social media account links, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Enjoy. Mighty warriors arise, yeah. Freedom does not only away. The soon is the day when we see your face on the mount of your grace and Zion. All right, um, so. Turn to Galatians, if you would. So, here's where I am this morning. As some of you know, and those who might listen, I usually have like three or four sermons I'm working on a week that just comes out of my reading. So now I'm in Luke. And uh, so I have three things that I've contemplated on speaking on. And I picked one of them Finally. So I, uh, I, I'm blessed with, I have, I want to say this in the right way because I don't know who's going to be listening. Um, I'm blessed, I believe, by having the first five volumes of um, First Fruits of Zion Torah Club book uh, series. It's five volumes. It's got to be a couple thousand pages. It's massive. It's incredible, quite frankly. And I I feel blessed to have it, um, and I got it for free, <laughs> which is the best part. Um, and, but, but they have changed direction, and when we came into the Messianic movement, uh, we somehow found out about First Fruits of Zion, I don't remember how, and we started getting their tour club material, but it was revised. They had revised it from the first edition that was put out. And they were already starting to swing in a direction we were not comfortable with. Um, the first five volumes, as I understand it, still included Tim Haig from Tor Resource Ministries. Tim Haig was still with them uh, at this time, and he's actually quoted in, in volume five. All that to say, I'm not endorsing any longer First Fruits of Zion, although if you can find the first five volumes of their tour club, it's humongous binders, it's, it's get it. I just don't know where you'd find it, and I feel blessed to have it, I really do. So there's a positive and a negative in that. However, I'm going through it now. I'm in the fifth volume, and I, I toyed with, and I still might do it perhaps the next time, on speaking, reading a couple pages that they have on, under this heading of, of the Torah portion, Misunderstanding Hebrews. And it deals with that verse which we get beat over the head with, and I think they succinctly, better than I could possibly do, explain this verse, he, these verses, Hebrews 7, uh, 12 through 13. For when the priesthood is changed, of necessity there takes place a change of the law also. For the one concerning whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe from which no one has officiated at the altar. 
So this, this thing of the change of the law and, and Christians, and, and I did, and perhaps you did before coming into the Messianic movement, this was one of those catch-all verses which says, see, when Jesus came, he changed the Torah and did away with it. Well, how do we explain it? What's the answer? So they have a, a great, succinct way, and it's just marvelous. And it actually coincides with, and I wonder how much Tim Hague have, ha, had a hand in it, from his uh, Hebrews 11 series. So if you, if you haven't listened to Hebrew, uh, he, his book, of Hebrew series, uh, Tim Hague, Torah Resource, it's, you can listen to it, I think, still for free online. It is awesome. I've listened to his whole study, and it's the only thing I've ever followed through. I've tried certain other ones, and I just got bogged down. This one is awesome. If you get a chance to listen to Tim Hague's Torah Resource uh, series on Hebrews, do yourself a favor and listen to it. it. It will just help you immensely. Thankfully, he's still one in the Torah movement, who's been in this a long time now, that actually still believes the book of Hebrews should be in the Bible and does not believe the book of Enoch should be in the Bible. So I'm grateful for him. So we're not going to do that this time. Then, yeah, and so then I'm in Luke 7. Oh, it is awesome, just awesome to follow Yeshua. And, and as he walked and talked, it's just so powerful now. And in a way, it just has not been. If you read my blog that I posted yesterday, it's, it's kind of along the same lines from Luke uh, 4 or 5, that whole area. Anyway, so I was working on that and was all set to do that, which I'm not going to do. So then this morning... In my devotions, because I was up like, as I usually am, 3.30 or so, reading my Bible and just trying to be blessed and was, trying to still figure out what I wanted to do. Um, I just felt, like Judy, so Judy's still asleep. I don't know what time it is by now. So I go out to the living room, lay down on the floor, and I just start unloading on God. You ever have those unload on God moments where you just, you just start pouring out your heart and, you know, you kind of talk to him like David did in some of the Psalms, where it's very, oh God, you know, where, what's going on? So I kind of went through all that and had a great time of prayer. Um, and, and I kind of ended up by saying, okay, God, what's going on here? And I, and I, and I can't, and this is where we're going to go with this. And I'm just laying there after I got all that off my chest, you know, and just had a great time with God in prayer. To where I said, you know what, God, and this is going to start out negative or, or, or not negative, depressing, or, or it's not. But I said, you know what, God, I'm, I'm, here's the truth, God, and it's not whining. I, I'm just tired. I'm tired. And what I mean by that is, I've been saved now 45 years. I got saved in 73 out of my drug, hippie, peace, love, dope thing. But which we were very close in that peace, love, hippie, dope thing. Our circle of band of brothers in the midst of our drug culture friends that we had, we were close. And, but, but God dealt with me and saved me out of that. And I get saved into an independent, fundamental, Baptist, premillennial, pre-tribulational, Schofield Bible-toting church for which I am very grateful for. But I was disillusioned almost right off the start because one, I thought, man, I come from a, my own, 
grown up family that wasn't very close. I go into drugs, find this close brotherhood of druggies, thinking I got saved, now I'm going to go to church, it's going to be wonderful. These people are going to really love one another, and I really believe that, only to find out there was backbiting and bitterness and people mad at the pastor, and wow, I just, and I thought, what have I gotten myself into? So it was just shortly after that, I go off to Bible college thinking, okay, great, wonderful, I'm going to go to Bible school now. Find now nirvana on earth. And it was a fundamental and, and independent Bible. And I'm grateful for that, but I, I just didn't want to have to go through the battles again. This person's wrong. That ministry's bad. This one's good. If you're not this, you're, you're all wrong. And I'm thinking some of these guys are blown apart. We're the people that helped me along and we're the only ones. Like, for example, Jerry Falwell, he was, I think, the only one or one of the early ones that was on TV back then. And I was blessed by that guy. And then, you know, he's Lynchburg. And, and so then I go to Bible school. Well, he's bad and he's bad and this guy's bad. And it's like, oh, I don't want that anymore. So I was frustrated. And then we graduate and end up becoming a part of a wonderful ministry. It was like heaven on earth. And it was down south, you know, down south. And the church is the end of this dirt road. And there it was, this brick building. And it was like heaven on earth. It was a wonderful, wonderful experience. So anyway, so going through all that, then I go into the ministry and I passed my church almost 19 years, 25 years or so in, in the Baptist ministry. And then I resign because I have questions. What, I, I cannot ignore it anymore. You know, from my Bible school days through then, all of that. What about why? Show me where the Sabbath has been done away. The feasts have been done away with. That the Torah has been done away with. No, I can remember I've told somebody, you know, getting into it with the kids at college when I get there. No, that vision of the sheet has nothing to do with eating bacon. <laughs> it has nothing to do with that. So finally, I just, I had to come to the point where when I finally saw I'm an Israelite, not Jewish, but I am not just grafted into Israel, I am a bona fide Israelite. And that was a game changer. So anyway, that led into the Messianic movement, finding Brad Scott. Gosh, it was wonderful. And, um, but then to almost regurgitate everything I've been regurgitating in the Christian experience. You know, with independent fundamental Baptists who got it right. And if you don't, if you know, if you don't wear skirts down to your knees, if you have mixed bathing, swimming, you know, on and on and on and on and on. And then I just couldn't handle that. And everybody's wrong and their brother. And then I come into the Messianic movement. And, and I don't know how it was for you guys and for the other family that, that's come. We once again, I think we felt like, wow, we finally found where we belong. Right? Didn't we? I mean, we thought this is... So we're all excited. We've been listening to Brad Scott, who's one of the guys we still respect and follow and, and, and have, have learned a lot from. You know, but it comes to that point, now you have to find a congregation. And that's where it all starts all over again. Because... You guys know, we know. It's like now it's in this other world of you have to do this, don't do this, you shouldn't do this, you can't rip your toilet paper, you can't light a stove, you can't watch TV, nothing electrical. Um, you have to pray. And, uh, and so anyway, 
So I'm running through all this with my mind, with God. And I'm running through this litany of, here I, it's all over again, God, and I'm just tired. I don't want to have to go through all this again now in the Messianic movement. It's like, everybody, stay away, go home, leave me alone. <laughs> it's kind of where I and I just said, God, I'm tired. So if you're in Galatians 6, just for a sake of context, let you realize I'm not the only one that deals with this. And then, uh, then I kind of want to go with it where I want to go and we'll close. All right, so Galatians um, 6. Oh, let's see. <clears throat> All right, um, Actually, is this where I want to be? I might, I might have wrote down the wrong one. Where is it? Um, they let us not grow weary in well-doing. Am I in the right spot? Okay, good. How come I'm not seeing it? Oh, I'm in Ephesians, that's why. It's like, what? Where is it? All right, Galatians, thank you. Luke, I do that every time. All right. So, brethren, if a man, and this is just good stuff. This is how it should be in any local assembly. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. One of the things I feel is missing in the Messianic movement is meekness. You know, we, we have the Torah police again. You know, we have the Independent Baptist police again. Okay, there are issues we're growing through, and there are things that we're working through. And, and, um, I know I'm not perfect yet, but I respond much better with a spirit of meekness rather than telling me everything I'm doing wrong and what I should be doing or not doing. So I love this. This is good stuff. And, and why does Paul start like this? He's been around a while. He's been dealing with believers. He knows what we're like. So if you, if you, if you have a sense of, of spirituality, Start to show the fruit of the Spirit, meekness, if you're going to interact and correct people. So, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then he shall have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And, and it's just like Paul knows what the people need to hear because of everything that's come before it. So he's anticipating it. And so he says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them that are of the household of faith. So, and I'm, I don't know how to say this, and, and you know, so we have a couple new families visiting. You know, and, and new people that end up listening and reading the blog and all that. So I don't know where anybody is, you know, 
what if we're anybody's flavor out there? <laughs> you know, we, we started this thing, Luke and I, taking it over. We're, we're looking for Gideon's 300. We want people that just want to realize we're in a battle here. This is not, it's, it's not all warfare, but we are in a battle. And there come times when life and death is involved. Heaven and hell. And we can't play at this. So we're looking for people that at least know how to lap. <laughs> Be aware. We're, we're looking for people, can I say this, that just are willing to cut through the BS and just be done with screwing around. There's just too much at stake. And I've been at this 45 years, and, and I'm, I'm, I've become to grow a little weary until you folks plopped into our lap and the other family. Because I texted Luke afterwards and said, am I crazy or do they seem to be normal? <laughs> you know, I didn't know what to expect. I honestly thought we were going to have, and, and I'm not dissing this necessarily, prayer shawl, kippah wearing, have to face towards Jerusalem, dobbing people. You know, that's the one extreme. And, and all of a sudden, I needed, if you guys don't even stay, I needed meeting you guys and that other family. And I thank you because I've lost my weariness a little bit. We're not crazy. We're not perfect. And not everybody's wrong. That's not doing it the way we are. And we're not right because we're doing it the way we are. Just a little bit of grace. You know, I'm tired of people coming into our congregation over the years with an agenda trying to take it over. I'm tired of people that show disrespect. We're, we're brothers and sisters in Christ and Messiah. We owe each one at least that. I'm not going to walk into your house and tell you everything that's wrong with your house. Don't walk into my house and tell me what's wrong with my house. You don't... You, well, i got to stop. Start your own congregation. Have at it. We're not here to build anything. I was talking with Luke because I was a little discouraged. Like, Luke, how, how, how are we going to do this? How are we going to make it happen? How is it going to grow? And Luke said, Dad, it's not up to us. It's not up to us. And we're not trying to build anything. See, I come from the independent build a church, start a church, grow a church mentality. I can't shake that. We need to be doing something. And we are. It's just what it is. So, anyway. So I'm laying there this morning on the floor. Really now thanking God. For, I'm thanking him for my house, my family, my fellowship. You know, what we have in Yeshua. For where I was, where he's brought me to. Ah. And it turned from a, I'm tired, God, to once again, thank you, God. But I went through this list, and I wanted to do this for any that may end up listening. And Luke, anytime you want to speak up and say, Dad, stop, <laughs> feel free. 
But just, I was laying there in bed just telling, in the, on, on the floor, in the, in the living room. I'm laying there thinking, God, oh, these are things I just don't want to deal with. And, and I am glad, so glad that we decided Luke's ahead of this fellowship and I'm just kind of tagging along and helping when I can. Because I'm worn out from my own years in the ministry and everything I've been through. And, and so I just started going through God, to God with these things. It's like, all right, God, these are the things I'm tired of, God. Just bear with my spirit in this, okay? I am tired of kippahs. I'm just tired of kippahs. You want to wear one? Fine. But if I don't wear one, leave me alone. I was listening, I told Luke recently, I'm listening to Tim Haig's son, Caleb. He has his own program. And this is, this is recent stuff. He said he finally stopped wearing a kippah. Now, Torah, uh, Tim Haig wears a kippah, and he, he's, he is Jewish, uh, half Jewish, I think. I think he's half Jewish. And so his son's Jewish. So Tim Haig wears a kippah. He dons to felon. He puts on the phylactery. They pray the prayers. It's like, shoot me. And, but fine. But Caleb said he doesn't wear a kippah anymore. And I thought, all right. So I'm tired of kippahs, prayer shawls, dabbing, dabbing towards Jerusalem, seats or no seats. Messianic Judaism. What in the world is Messianic Judaism? That's an oxymoron. It's an oxymoron. It's like Tim Haig, and, and I sound like I'm bashing him, I'm not, but I, I, I find Tim Haig, and he writes this wonderful article on Sola Scriptura. And, and I write to him and I say, Tim, this is awesome stuff. You know, he believes and still does. The Bible is the word of God. The 66 books that we have, that is a, what dictates our faith and practice. But then he comes up with an article that says, Yeshua came to uh, uh, restore Judaism. And I wrote him because I've written him before and had great conversations. I, I said, I, I, Tim, I love you. <laughs> uh, I said, Tim, I have to believe that you do not believe that Yeshua came to restore Judaism. I said he came to restore the Torah. And then he says, well, I don't mean Judaism, but, you know, the, the correct versions or brands. I forget how he said it. You know, and I, and I appreciated that. Backpedal. I read, Tim, Yeshua <laughs> did not come to restore Judaism. He came to restore Torah. Well, yes, I, I agree, and, and, but there's, there, there's so many Judaisms, and there's a correct Judaism in the midst of the Judaisms, and he came to, and I wrote one last time, I said, Tim, no, he came to restore Torah. Messianic Judaism, what is this? Judaism, uh, anyway, so shut up, Warren. You know, should women wear these seats? Anointing. Now, these are the things we've been through. These are all things we've been through by Messianics. Anointing cracks in the house to keep out demons. Seeing your husband in the house, though he's in a nursing home. Reincarnated personalities and people in successive generations. People having a word from the Lord. Dreams and visions. Tongues or no tongues. Torah teachers. And, and teachings, fighting people for ministry. I mean, we've, we've rebuilt the whole thing all over again. I told you, we've rebuilt the whole thing all over again. Now we have Torah teachers who are our popes, and now we have ministries that are correct and competing with one another and needing money to support ministries and going on cruises on Shavuot 
and, and blah! Am I the only one? Am I thinking this is crazy? I don't know. Can you watch TV on Shabbat? <laughs> Can you say Jesus? How do you pronounce yod heh vav -Hey? I don't really know. I know we, we were following for a little while, what's his name? Nehemiah Gordon, and he, he happened to read the manuscripts and found the vowel pointings, and all of a sudden he, he has a revelation. It's Yehovah. And I'm thinking, okay, sounds good. Well, I, I have a, a, a copy of the 1611 King James Version. They always, they, in places, they put Jehovah. Well, this is 1611, and on that page with all the decoration, up at the top it has yod heh vav -Hey with the vowel pointings underneath it. This is no great new revelation anyway. But how do you, we fight over, can we say Jesus, Yeshua, Yehoshua, Yehoshua? Do we say Jehovah? Do we say Yehovah? Do we say uh, uh, whatever they are? Well, I don't, can't remember all the names, right? What name is the right name? Name the name game. That's what I told Luke. I thought I might have wrote a blag on this, a name game. Banana, banana, fofana, fee, fi, fofana. You know, the name game. I'm tired of all this stuff. All right, anyway, so moving on, then I'll be done. Do we follow the Jewish calendar or the moon? Do you sleep every night outside in the tent during uh, Sukkot? Do you, feast, uh, do you fast on the Day of Atonement? Do Jews have to believe in Jesus? I can't believe this. As long as they believe in God, they're good. And I heard Nehemiah's testimony when he went to Mount Sinai, not the real one, but the, the fake one, because that's the one you can go to. I was weeping my eyeballs out listening to him having his personal encounter with God. But he's lost. I'm sorry, folks, he's lost. You're, there is no salvation apart from Yeshua. Can we not agree on that? No, not in the Messianic movement, you can't. He, the book of Hebrews is in... But praise God for the book of Enoch. How crazy is this? Oh, gosh. But this was another one. You'll remember who. One of the big Messianic leaders says that the Messianic leaders need to go to Jerusalem and become a sort of a Sanhedrin to set up a standard to settle issues in the Messianic mover. Calendar issues. Remember, I told you about who that guy is. What? Go to Jerusalem, set up a bunch of rules, and now you guys are our new Sanhedrin? I don't know if you use that word. No. And see, do you understand why I think I'm the crazy one? I, I, and I still wonder. But I'm not capitulating anymore like I did all those previous years. Oh, let's see, almost done here. What do we call ourselves? <laughs> what do we call ourselves? Are we Messianic Jews? Are we the Messianic movement? The Torah movement? What are some other names? Hebrew roots. We don't even know what to call ourselves. And then you get fighting over that because, or, or are we a Judeo, like our, 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 our Messianic congregation in, in, in whatever town, Scottsdale, where it was, Phoenix, a, 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 we are a Judeo-Christian Fellowship, emblazoned. We are all things to everybody. Can you listen to Christian music? Can you read Christian authors? Can you read Christian commentators? Are all Christians going to hell because they don't believe in the Torah? 
right? We've had that battle years ago. Can a person be saved if he doesn't follow the Torah? Define that for me, you, you smug Messianic people. Raise your hand if now in the Messianic Torah movement you're following the Torah correctly and 100%. Raise your hand. Not here, but anywhere. Anywhere! I defy anybody. But yet, we're going to say those Christians over there, those, those people, they say they love Jesus, but they don't follow the Torah. They're lost and going to hell. I'll go hang out with them, thank you very much. Am I getting too, too much? Getting close? Getting close? All right, almost done. We have to learn Hebrew or we can't know the deep meanings God has for us. You have to learn Hebrew. All of a sudden it was Hebrew. Hebrew, 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 Hebrew. Don't get me wrong. It's a great thing. But we can now not know really the scriptures because we don't know Hebrew like our teachers out there do. And so once again, the simple reading of God's word. If you guys have any, read any of my blogs, I don't know. One of my first ones about Miss Inez Milford. Go back and read those. It's two-parters. It's, it's, it's probably some of my worst ones, but it was one of my first ones. Little old lady, Miss Inez Milford. Now, I'm in the deep south. She lives in this house that looks like it's going to fall apart any day. She's old. She's on oxygen. I'm, I'm from New England, went to a prestigious Christian school, work now in this wonderful church, we're in South Carolina. And my pastor says, hey, after school, we're going to go visit this lady. Okay, great. So we're driving down the road. You, if you've never been in a deep, deep South Mill Village type, we're driving and we drive to the section, which is just right down from the, from the church. And I see this house, that's a nice brick house, nice brick house. Oh God, don't let it be that house. Don't let it be that house. Oh no, not that house, God, please. This is this dilapidated, run, it's not there anymore. Last time I was there, level to the ground, level to the ground. Um, you know, no paint, no, no storm windows. I just, if you can picture a deep south house, this is it. So uh, I'm thinking, oh my God, uh, I go in there. And this, it seems like a crazy grandson meets us and we walk, but he wasn't. But he, and we walk through this dark, it's dark in this little bit. And it's like, oh gosh, where to, you know, what's going to eat me up? Walk into the living room and there's this wonderful lady sitting on a couch with the old King James Bible, you know, the gigantic one print ones. And I was taken to school that day because she had a faith and walk and knew the scriptures. And, and it was, and I'm not being crazy about this, it was almost like the room glowed with her presence. Never been to Bible school. I knew, I took Greek, I've been to Bible school. I've read my Bible several times. As a matter of fact, look at my cool study Bible that I have that has Hebrew and Greek and all these cool notes in it. Oh, you only have that 1611 thing that I, we all know don't use that. And it doesn't have notes in this giant print. It's cheap, it's not even a nice letter. What do you know, lady? Oh, I will never, ever achieve that kind of walk with Miss Inez Milford. I don't know that she could even spell many words. You know, we've gone from our Hebrew roots teachers telling us, you have to learn Hebrew and Greek. Okay, fine, go for it. But I still believe that you can just simply read the word of God and God can talk to your heart, teach you what it says, and grow you to be conformed like Yeshua. 
You don't have to go to Bible school. You don't have to follow these guys. You don't have to learn Greek and Hebrew. Otherwise, God would have taken care of this a long time ago and gifted his people with this knowledge. Almost done. Shut up. All right, here we are. Uh, well, I'm going to leave off that one. So, so, so I felt real good after going through my list. But you know what the sad thing was? That's not the whole list. More things kept popping up, popping up. And, and I said, God, this is why I'm tired. But then I thought, but wait a minute. We've had a couple new families come who actually have thought about some of these same things themselves and have gone through some of these same battles. And, and I realized once again, maybe realize is the wrong word, but I was renewed once again to realize it's worth it, right, Luke? It, it's worth it. If it's just our family or about as small as it was when you guys started coming or if we ever get up to 50 again or whatever it was, it's worth it. It's worth it. We need grace. It's a scary thing to live by grace. That's why everybody comes up with rules and regulations and checks everybody's and says, listen, let me take the beam out of your eye. You got a beam, you got a beam, you got a beam, you got a beam. That's easy. I submit to you, legalism is easy. Everything is defined, laid out. Decisions don't need to be made. Grace says, okay, however, if I really look at myself, I got this big thing in my eye, don't I? Yeah, I guess I do. And not, not only that, you got a bunch of splinters over here in this eye. Who do you think you are? And what we need to realize is, we're supposed to tell our faults one to another. That's what James said. Not pick everybody apart. <laughs> it's, it's called grace, really, folks. It's grace. And living by grace is scary. It's scary. Because you're constantly learning and exploring what are the parameters. And it's scary. It's scary. And then if you're going to live by grace... You have to let people come in, Warren, that might be some of this stuff on this list and realize it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You don't have to fix them and they don't have to fix you. Can we not just, Rodney King, remember the guy who had the bricks thrown at him years and years ago and he got on, can't we all just get along? <laughs> you know, that's what I, can't we all just get along? If people want to wear, I, I don't know if, if I'm speaking out, if people want to, Wear kippah here. We're okay with that or no? I don't know. Yes, no, we don't know. Yes, we're not really probably. I don't know. It, it's, anyway, what I'm trying to say is we're not making those things a criteria of whether a person is saved, whether they love Yeshua, whether they should be a part of our fellowship. The problem is those that do then feel everybody else should. I think that's more where the problem is. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm getting into waters here. I don't know what I want to get into. But I don't know. Maybe this has just been cathartic for me, but I, I'm, I'm recharged. I am, I've been praying and asking God for probably the last several years. 
God, I just don't know what to do anymore because I end up being a negative Nelly and I'm just sick of being that guy. I don't want to have to do this sort of stuff. And, you know, and, and, and but I can't do it anymore. But I evidently don't have to because there are other people of like mind. So anyway, that's, that's a little different than normal, but I, I just wanted to get that oh, out, and I hope it came across. Did it come across okay? Did it come across okay? You know, that we don't grow weary in well-doing. We're in this messianic thing. It's, it's, it is, as jokingly everybody says, it's a mess. But it's worth hanging in there for. It's worth fighting for. It's worth staying loyal to, not the movement per se, but what it is we believe that God has showed us in the scriptures by his grace. And it's worth keeping the Torah. It's worth trying the best you can to observe the feasts and festivals. It's, it's worth following Shabbat. I don't know how all that fleshes out. That's where grace comes in. But can we agree on certain things and then have grace enough to just flesh it out among ourselves in our congregations. Let's pray. So, Father, that's it. Maybe this is more for me. Um, I always get a little nervous at stuff like this, but it's my heart. I don't know what to say, God. It's my heart. And I believe we do love you, Father. And I believe there's so many folks in this Messianic Hebrew roots thing that do love you. I just believe we still have an adversary, the devil, that is still wanting to just conquer, divide and conquer. That's his tactic, divide and conquer. And I don't want to be a part of divide and conquer. I don't want division anymore. Somehow in the big umbrella of what we are, we're going to have to figure this out. And I ask that you give me grace to be gracious, Father, that I'll accept the grace that's there to be gracious. Um, so, Father, we thank you for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua, whatever name we're supposed to call him by. I'm so glad I was saved in 73. I'm thankful for what you did in my family to know that I am yours and have a home in heaven and Yeshua has gone to prepare a place for me so much good stuff. I pray, Father, that you help me to not be a part of the problem. And that, Father, you help me to realize and learn and know what battles are worth fighting and when to speak and when not to speak. And I just ask, Father, that you'll help our fellowship to grow in your time, however you want it to be. Um, so I guess that's it, Father. Shoes name. Amen. Hey, mighty warriors arise, yeah. Freedom does not only away. The soon is the day when we see your face on the mount of your grace and zeal. Oh, oh, oh.